So I recorded an episode before this, but it was honestly so ass. I could not even upload it. Um, yeah. I have this habit of like speaking kind of like softly and like stuttering a lot, but it's because I'm in a stream of consciousness state where like I will, I mean, I stutter a lot right now, but I think, um, my first take of like doing a podcast is always like completely in my head and I forget that people may be listening or that, you know, even me in the future might be listening and me in the future is going to have no idea what the fuck I'm saying or she's going to get kind of annoyed that like it takes me really long to spit out a sentence. Um, And because I don't know, I think that's fine for your inner dialogue, but translating that to external dialogue, you kind of need to be more consistent. And um, it takes me at least one go of podcasting before I can do it at this point. Um, Maybe in the future, I'll be better at it. And I won't have to do that. But I've noticed that like when I get into the state of mind, because I don't plan doing podcasts. um, I just I'm like, okay, I have the house to myself. I feel like doing it. (laughs) I'm gonna do it, you know, but yeah, it takes like one podcast and then I listen to it and I'm like, wow, what was I even saying? <laughs> and then and then and then I do one that I don't know. I feel like already this one, the energy is so much better. Um, better meaning more comprehensible, right? Okay, so um, the last podcast I talked about some books that I got. Um, but this one, I realized I kind of want to talk about like women and being a woman and femininity, um, because I, you know, I've always been a feminist for sure. Um, I feel like women don't have the same opportunities as men, even in America today, you know, um, I can't speak for other cultures. I just know that, you know, Vietnamese culture my parents culture is it's hard to say more or less sexist it's hard to compare it you know but um i i would say women in vietnam have had less opportunities historically and maybe today it's becoming a little bit more equal um i'm sure part of that is due to socialism um socialism i think is one of those uh, schools of thoughts or whatever. I don't know. Socialism, capitalism, what are those? I don't know. Uh, kind of like one of those structures that just promotes uh, equality of the sexes and the genders. I don't know. Just by nature, it's like about equality, right? I don't know. And So it's hard to say more or less sexist. I don't know. But point is, women don't don't have the same opportunities as men. And it's just, that's just facts. And like, women have to go through more shit even today. That's just facts. And um, I'm not even going to try to explain it to men. I'm not talking to men. That's not, I don't know. I don't care. Like, if you want to do your research, do it. I don't, I'm done. You know, part of being a any sort of minority is you kind of have to like always like plead your case and I'm just fucking tired of doing it. I'm not going to do that on my own audio journal podcast, private podcast. I don't give a fuck. Like do your research if you're interested, but 
do your own gender studies because I don't. I'm not going to justify it. You know, if you know, you know. If you don't know, then you don't know. You know? (laughs) Fuck it. Like, okay, so I work for CVS, right? And um, the new CEO is Karen Lynch. She's going to be, I think, um, this is, you know, CVS is going to be the biggest company with a woman CEO um, when she steps on. And she, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know shit about executive culture or whatever. So I don't know how she's going to be as a CEO. I just um, saw an interview with her and she recommended this book. And I, you know, I got the book and stuff. But um, I would say my opinion, although it may not be fully well, like, formed or or informed, um, would be that... um, I would say it's a step in the right direction for women, um, even if CVS is kind of a tragically soulless company. Uh, you know, one of those one of those soulless companies, and she actually, I think, was an executive for Aetna before CVS, and so double whammy there. Insurance company completely terrible needs to be eradicated. We need a, you know. Medicare for all, whatever kind of thing. But like, I think it is a step in the right direction because if she wasn't there, then it would be a man in her position. And I, you know, it's kind of like a lesser of two evils kind of a thing, right? And I do believe in that. I know there's a lot of people who don't believe in that. They think we just need to burn the ground down. Somebody who, you know, a a feminist in that position is a self-preserving woman and is somebody who is not really working for feminism, right? And this is regardless of whether or not she identifies as a feminist. This is just kind of like um, talking about moving the feminist agenda forward and moving, you know, social equality and equality for the sexes um, forward. I should say gen- I, sh- I should say gender, sorry. Um, genders forward. Uh, because it's like, yeah, like I said, if, if she wasn't CEO and there were no female CEOs, even for shitty, giant, soulless, terrible companies, if they were all men, I think that would be worse than if it was a mix of men and women, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, that's just how I feel. And um, But, you know, would I want to be that CEO? Hell no. Hell fucking no. Like, personally, I couldn't do it. Um, but somebody who can kind of compromise a little bit of their soul, it's, uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's better to have a woman in that position than a man at this point. But obviously the alternative, the, the better alternative would be, you know, we, we don't have companies like that. But that's, I feel like that's a different conversation, right? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's that interesting thing where, like, I really do hate these people who are perpetuating a society, perpetuating an economy that does not serve the people. Um, I'm also, you know, yesterday I learned about Kelly Loeffler, who is a governor in – I'm sorry, not a governor, a senator in – Georgia, and she is married to the president of the New York Stock Exchange. And, like, you know, it's her Wikipedia is just girl, <laughs> tragic, like, typical, 
typical like coming from privilege pretending to struggle and expect and like you know expecting everybody to be where she is and it's just so entitled and and ignorant you know like she grew up in a farm uh she went to business school paid for grad school by mortgaging land that she inherited from her grandmother uh after getting her MBA, worked for a company, started dating the CEO of the company. That's the guy who's now president of the New York Stock Exchange. Um, so obviously, you know, she worked for that company and then married him and then, and then became, go- and then, sorry, senator, that became senator. And basically once she became senator, took private information and used that private information to bolster her portfolio, her stocks, you know, um, took private information that she learned about COVID-19 before anybody knew about it, made stock trade decisions that, you know, she was buying stocks in telecommuting, teleworking companies, selling other stocks that she knew would tank. Highly unethical, highly immoral, and is able to get away with it because she peddles supposedly Christian values and, you know, and like she's extremely pro-Trump, extremely pro-wall, whatever, you know, she is the one of the wealthiest senators we have and one of the, and probably is the most pro-Trump senator. Isn't that crazy? Isn't not surprising, is it? <laughs> um, so she's literally like the cap, the reason people hate capitalism, right? Um, but I feel like we think about that and we see, you know, in my mind's eye, when I think about, you know, the fat cats, the pigs of wall street, whatever I think of men. And so the fact that she's a woman, that's, that's a woman that's (laughs) interesting, right? Um, See, I'm getting into the stream of consciousness. And this is what I mean when I start to stutter is because I feel like I'm not talking to anybody anymore. I'm just in my head. Um, So I need to learn to get out of that. And that's honestly part of podcasting. This is, you know, I've, I've, I'm a journal person. So I write in my journal a lot, but journaling, it doesn't require you to think as fast and um and something that I want to work on I want to work on communicating not just to myself but to in a way that you know to a listener would be coherent <laughs> um so there you go I caught myself there um but yeah she's somebody that is like wow you know it's like it it pains me because I want to believe that you know, women will do better in positions of power, but clearly that is not the case always, you know? And part of that, it's it's a struggle to think about because it's like, well, how much good can a woman in a position like that actually do? How much leverage does she actually have? Um, but then the other hand is like, you know, you know, she has some leverage, you know, people, you know, these women in powerful positions, it's called a powerful position because, they have some leverage, right? And if you're using that leverage to perpetuate a system that is not serving others or is not good for society and not good for women in general, like it's a very complex thing to think about. It's kind of like, I've never seen Handmaid's Tale, but I kind of know the message and I kind of, you know, have 
seen a little bit about it and it's like you know what the women who kind of don't do what they don't they kind of just uphold the system that that oppresses them you know and I don't mean to be out here sounding like a, I don't know, like a total SJW, whatever, like kind of a thing. But to me, that's self-preservation. And it's honestly very sad. I don't, you know, I have trouble despising these women the same way that I despise the men who, you know, do that but like I, I have trouble I guess like despising them on the same level but there is a level of disgust with people like that just doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman if you're upholding these systems that cause so much pain and and, and need to be overturned it's disgusting to me it's truly disgusting to me um but it did it was an eye-opening thing learning that about her yesterday and going into that rabbit hole of learning about her um and listen, I'm one thing I'm very glad is like I went to college and like I, I think I've talked about this before, learning about reliable sources. I do go down internet rabbit holes for sure, but I feel like I do look out for reliable sources and I make my decisions based on, you know, like watching interviews with her, watch you know, like I, I feel like I have a grounded sense of reality and I'm not conspiracy theorizing out here, you know. <laughs> um I may be theorizing, right? But I feel like it's fairly fairly grounded, um, and it's fun. It's just fun to, to 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 learn about people in the world and all, and you know, ponder power, ponder all these things. So you know, part of it is yeah, dissecting it and wanting to 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 do something with this knowledge. But another part of it is just exploring it, right? Um, yeah, she's a shady ass senator a shady ass senator. And it's weird because, yeah, I mean, I, I, Trump is a big one and we, we talk about Trump all the time. Trump is a terrible politician, somebody who's, who's self-serving. And we know, you know, it's common knowledge that politicians are out here kind of getting into politics. A lot of them for money, for, to dodge taxes. I don't know, you know, doing crazy rich people shit. And it's like, for what, you know, I think about that for what, you know, if, if you're somebody who gets rich and you get rich, you know, you happen to get rich doing something that you love, that's probably really fulfilling and really gratifying, you know, like actually gratifying, like on a deep level. And that's what I strive to achieve in my lifetime is I wouldn't say that I don't care about money. Um, nobody does not care about money, especially in our capitalist American society, like our, our our culture. Nobody does not care about money. That's delusional, you know, if you believe that. And honestly, no, that's not true. It's not delusional. I think if you live in the country and you're kind of like a homesteader, kind of like a vibe, and you're choosing to do that, then probably you can make it work and honestly be a lot more peaceful and, and happy. But like I've thought about it on a philosophical level before and on my personal level, like, no, that's not my lifetime. I'm hustling. Like, that's what I want to do. Um, and I'm still navigating that. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. And um, 
and and yeah, money is a part of it. I do want to make money, but not not at not like that, you know, not like that, not like by being morally corrupt, you know, um, because, you know, and I think I'm like, why, why do these people who are morally corrupt, why do they even do it? What is even the point? What are you going to do with all that cash? What are you going to do with it? Like, I don't get it. It doesn't seem cash is not fulfilling in and of itself. You know, I think about entrepreneurs and innovators, like innovators, <laughs> innovators, like Elon Musk and Sarah Blakely and um, Richard Branson, um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, and these GT Daves, you know, the kombucha guy. Like these are people I really, really like and I really want to be like them because they just, you know, yeah, they made their money and yeah, their company makes money, but it's like the love of creating something that's the drive you know it's not about the money i mean it is about the money and it is nice you know like it's i don't know how i can say that in a succinct way without having to go back to it all the time but like i feel like i constantly need to say that like yes you can't say like it's not about the money because it is but it's like you know a fighter may love to win but they need to love the fight too you know a fighter who only wants to win and doesn't love the fight, that it's it's not practical. But like for some reason in economics or whatever, somebody who loves money but doesn't want to do anything can can trick people and can do crazy shit and can cheat and, and scam and make their money really with no repercussions. I don't know. These laws against white collar crimes are not real they don't work they don't do it probably because people who commit white collar crimes are part of the lawmaking process and why is that a thing you know um anyway yeah back to back to um like womanhood right so i'm not gonna i don't have anything negative to say about women who choose to stay at you know, who, who, who have a life where they can not work and, you know, that's whatever. But I'm talking specifically today about women with careers and women who are ambitious in their careers. Um, I, you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say, like, why, you know, okay, let me talk about my mother for a second. My mom is somebody who, when she came to America, my dad desperately wanted her to stay home and not work. And she was adamant about working um, and she did it all herself, basically. Like he did not really help her because he didn't want her to do it. She went out and she got a her first job at a pho restaurant, you know, Vietnamese-speaking staff, and she worked at a pho restaurant. And then she enrolled herself in beauty school and she, you know, she, you know, her outcome was basically a very typical like Vietnamese immigrant woman. She worked at a nail salon and stuff, but how she got there, it was, I think it's really incredible because she navigated everything herself, you know, and she was very adamant about it and she wanted to make money. She wanted to be productive. She didn't want to just stay home and, uh, Yes, she had me, but 
we had a lot of family and 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 they were willing to watch me and so she, i don't know she i think she gets bored at home that's evident even now like when we're on lockdown she owns a nail salon now and um when she had to stay home every day i think she tried to relax but she like yeah you know, she has problems relaxing you know she likes to be productive and so women like that i think who are you know it might be a more Western thing who like kind of have the role of staying home or whatever. Like there's a lot of women like that who get bored and that's why there's that housewife kind of trope thing of like the bored housewife who <laughs> gets hooked onto pills and, and, and drinking and stuff, you know, cause they're fucking bored. Like I feel like I would for sure be somebody like that if I did not have, I didn't, you know, go out and like have a job and go to school and do all these things. You know, I would get bored as fuck. I do get burnt out and I get really tired. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could just stay home and relax for like a whole week. But I know like by day five of that week, I would be getting bored as fuck. So there's just, you know, I feel like it's amazing that women are at a place where right now we're out here, we're having really a lot of success in our careers, we can, you know, it's harder. It's definitely harder because men are idiots sometimes. Um, and they're not good with change sometimes. And I'm not just saying men, I think like systems when they change, it's hard on people who have learned the old system is like teaching old dogs new tricks. It's hard, you know, but we'll get there for sure. And we're already seeing it. We're seeing women in executive positions. We're seeing women leaders, bosses. We are, you know, going to have our first female vice president. Like it's, it's being normalized. Right. And we're adjusting to it as a society. Um, that's really awesome. Um, but it's it's a transition, you know? And so being at a woman in this time, there's it's harder to to pursue that than to just kind of stick with the status quo and stick with the norm, whatever that might mean for 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 me personally, that would mean kind of just getting my degree, getting a stable job, you know, like, yeah, taking a risk um, of starting a business is a risk for everybody. But I think for a woman, for a woman, like I think it's two point eight percent of, VC funding goes to women-owned businesses. Like, that's really crazy to think about. Like, you know, um, not not that I'm necessarily interested in VC funding or investor funding, which I've talked about before. I think, like, had an experience with some potential investors and felt very, very uncomfortable, did not, you know, did not want to give control of my company to people like that, anybody <laughs> like that, you know? Um but just that statistic alone is really indicative of where we are, where it's like we see representation, we see things moving forward, but we're in the midst of change and that transition can be messy. And so in my lifetime, I feel like the work is going to be pretty heavy and we're going to, we still need people to be the kind of like, trailblazers we need trailblazers you know and so that's part of my motivation but that's also part of the hesitation and the fear to move forward is because i know it's going to be a struggle you know um 
especially for me as a woman of color also, you know, I don't know. It's just a lot to navigate. And it's something that, you know, I guess if you're, if you didn't get it, if you're like a white man, or if you're, I don't know, if you don't get it, you would just say, well, just ignore it. Just ignore it. That doesn't matter. And I try to do that, but it just feels completely inauthentic and untrue to myself to ignore it because it's so prevalent in interactions and and in like navigating professional spaces, there is just a lingering sense of the fucking historical patriarchy. That's crazy. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, I think we're going to move forward and it's worth it. Definitely worth it. Especially, you know, and, and, and being, if I was a trailblazer, if I was somebody who did, you know, I don't know, or, or I was part of that new wave of women. And I'm, when I think about this, it's like probably the most fucking inspiring thing more than it is hindering. Because like, if I think about AOC, um, if I think about Sophia Amoruso, Sarah Blakely, it's like, I feel freedom. You know, it's like a sense of if, I don't know, it's just seeing freedom, seeing the future. It's like liberation for women like I've never even considered before I thought about business and before I explored business and building a business and whatever, you know, it's just so liberating and it's so exhilarating. And I, that's what I, that's what I'm living for right now. But I don't know. The struggle is real (laughs) with this and it's hard. It's not easy. And I hate the idea of having to justify this struggle or having to explain it to anybody because I just simply do not want to. I simply just want to do it, but goddamn. It's hard to explain, man. There's so many things working against you. Like, you know, they always say like women use too much, too many modifiers. Women are not, you know, great at negotiating. Women negotiate, are not good at negotiating in favor of themselves to the full extent that they could be negotiating in favor of themselves, you know? Um, And it's, it's their holding back because of whatever reason, not wanting to be arrogant, not wanting to be seen as demanding, you know? And I just want to be like, fuck that, you know? Another person I'm thinking of right now, Megan Thee Stallion. Megan, when she came on the scene and she was hypersexual in her lyrics, I was like, yes, yes, I loved it, you know? But we know it's overdone kind of in, for women in rap. And I knew she knew that. And I knew she was doing it to kind of cement herself before talking about real shit. And now she's talking about real shit. She's talking about you know, black women and and how black women are so overlooked in this country and and black, we just need to love black women more. You know, that's kind of her mission right now with her new album, Good News. I can already see with the album cover and everything, you know, it's like uplifting black women and that's amazing. And I know that that was her goal from the get-go and she was doing the hypersexual thing. Yes, to, you know, make that statement of, 
you know, women are sexual, get over it. And we own our sexuality, get over it. But also like, I knew that she had a, another message that she was wanting to spread another message that she was wanting to state that was, you know, that wouldn't be taken as seriously or, or that wouldn't be as powerful without her having cemented her kind of reputation or her kind of credibility first with something that was a little bit more tame and a, and, and, and a little bit more expected, I guess, of a female rapper. She's very smart. Um, or her team is very smart or whatever. And I, I love what she's doing. Yeah, there are, you know, we need leaders of thought for sure. <laughs> T-O-H-T also, leaders of thought. But like, I think the progressive new Americana vision that I have, I think that's where we're heading. I'm highly optimistic. I know it will be hard and I want to be a part of a part of that for sure. And I'm trying really hard to do that. Um, and it's it's a weird space and it's a space that it's taken me a lot of thinking and a lot of navigating to 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 feel at home in, you know, without guilt, without shame and without connection and 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 and, and the same th- separating that vision from the vision of like dirty, nasty capitalism and the women that are perpetuating that. It's different. It's different. It's absolutely different. 